This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Part one of the final hurdle. Hurdled with flying colours. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Joe, I've spent many an hour actually staring at the league table and I came to the conclusion not long before this game at Peterborough at the weekend that if Sheffield Wednesday were going past Ipswich at any point, this weekend was it. Away to Peterborough, they're at home to Exeter, there's the game in hand coming up, the pressure goes on. Were you kind of feeling that way going into it? Well, it did. It did feel that that would be... This was the, the opportunity wasn't to lose the ground, and because even if we'd have drawn, we'd have ended up behind them. And I think, I think most people would have said, okay, if you go and get a draw away at Peter, it's not a bad result. And I, but I did worry about that psychological factor. Of, yeah, it might not be a bad result, but drop out that top two, and then you go to Barnsley, and then all of a sudden it feels massive. But no, it, it does feel within touching distance, doesn't it? Yeah, Seb, I've tried to keep balanced and reasoned through all of this. Look at the maths. Look at the numbers. Now with half of this double header gone and this game in hand coming up, this is the most confident I feel. Do you? Do you, I felt rather? Do you? Do you share that? I do. I, th- I think we've done the hard work yesterday, and we've put ourselves in a brilliant position now for Tuesday night because it's a. I've seen the term free hit be kind of branded around a lot on social media and stuff. And whilst it's not, I don't think it's a free hit. It's an opportunity really to put you know a killer blow into Wednesday, going into the what should be the easier game for for Exeter at the weekend. So, doing what we did yesterday has put us in such a brilliant space. Yeah, I, I kind of thought yesterday would be a tough game. I thought it was maybe the tougher of the two rather than Barnsley personally, given our record is crap at Peterborough and they've got a lot of goals in the side. Okay. But but yeah, you know, we've done the hard work onto, onto Oakwell and yeah, even if we pick up a point there, brilliant. It, it doesn't really matter at this stage. We can focus on those, those two games to see it out. We will get into all of this. Welcome everybody. If you're listening after the fact, this is the Blue Monday podcast. If you are here with us live, on a Sunday night, we're really, really happy to spend the next hour with you. Do make sure you get your questions in. We'll um, we'll try and get to the questions nice and quick because I guess everyone really wants to speculate about the next two games, given how decisively yesterday's game at Peterborough was indeed ticked off. We will read as many of them as we can, but we'll save the best ones for the questions segment. Do hit the thumbs up if you were there. Um, now... I think we say this, Joe, literally every week in terms of um, this team um, and how stable everything is. Uh, why is it not appearing? Hang on a sec. Sorry, everybody. It's going to repeat. Oh, got, got it that way. Will that do? There's our normal view. Apologies, everybody there. But um, we thought this was going to be the team. We go back to the A team, really. No, that's with no disrespect to Freddie Ladapo, who started on Tuesday. Um, Joe, so Walton in goal, Clark Wolford and Burgess Davis, Morsi Luongo, Burns Chaplin, Broadhead, Hurst. Was there any doubt, Joe? No, the team's picking itself at the moment, isn't it? And I think it has it has been through this whole 
this whole run, hasn't it? The whole the whole way through, we we know what the team's going to be from week to week. I think the um, sort of going back to when with the team was rotating more, it did feel like the sort of involvement in the FA Cup, the replays, the extra games there was just confusing matters because we were generally picking the same team through the league games. If you if you followed league game to league game to league game, there wasn't many changes. But I think having the, all the cup games it sort of really knocked our momentum in that stage. Yeah, agreed. Um, on the bench. Uh, Hlaki, Edwards, Harness, Jackson, Bull, Ladapo, Danassian. Uh, Seb, little bit of uh, surprise. We didn't expect um, Joe Ward to play for Peterborough, one of their better players. So, otherwise, pretty much as expected. Norris in goal, Kent, Edwards, Butler, Ogbetta and Ward, Kiprianu and Norburn, Mason Clark, Taylor and Clark Harris. Um, any thoughts there other than what was sort of shared on the preview show Seb? No I was surprised by the reversion to a back three you know they're very much a back four team and obviously all the news coming out in the week was that Ward was possibly out for the season and wasn't going to make it so they did quite well with the, <laughs> the smoke and mirrors for that one suddenly he appeared but yeah the back three kind of was a bit of a surprise and I saw it more of a sort of a three-man midfield Kipriano Norburn and and Taylor and it was sort of uh, Mason Clark sort of running around here then everywhere with, with Clark Harris is the the focal point. So, yeah, a bit of a surprise formation wide. And when I saw Ward in the lineup at two o'clock, I was a bit gutted because I kind of thought, right, they've got literally no one to play right back. But as it turned out, they weren't amazing defensively. So it all worked out all right. And Joe, um, what, what a start, really. Right, right from the off. If ever you're nervy in this situation, this is the way to go about it. And um, was I right in my assertion that just maybe these two games being away from home allow the players a little bit less tension and I think the crowd as well because it was I, I didn't I didn't get up there till about two o'clock I was um having to sort of a football tournament in Holbrook in the morning for my six-year-old so I was I got up there about two o'clock went straight to the sort of charters bar and from that point on it was just atmosphere positive atmosphere the whole time from there walking down to the ground into the ground it was like just it was almost like a promotion party through the whole game. The crowd were superb. The away day was amazing. Obviously, it helped scoring an early goal, <laughs> getting a second in the second half in front of the fans and the game not being in any doubt. But no, I, I think it was just a day of fun. It was just one of the most fun days I've had supporting Ipswich in a hell of a long time. A little bit of luck for the first goal with that uh, ricochet, Seb, despite the um, very positive start. Yeah, but it was it was deserved, wasn't it? You know, we took control pretty quickly. As always, Morzin Luongo absolutely dominated things in the centre of the park. And we've added long throws to our ever-expanding armoury of our, of weapons that we can use to score from. So, yeah, Davis throws it in. Obviously, it's a great little knockdown by, by Hurst. Broadhead's sharp onto it, gets the shot off. I think it hits uh, Norris on the knee, doesn't it? And then Burns is in the right place. As I mentioned, the defensive, you know, the aspect, the defensive aspects from a Peterborough point of view were, were shocking. You know, I, I don't know who who decided to just leave Burns in acres of space, but it's a, it's a brilliant finish. In the away end, I thought he absolutely just hammered it into the roof of the net. But when you watch it back on the replay, he does brilliantly because he, he fires it back across Norris, doesn't he, to the kind of the side netting. I guess the temptation would be to go at the near post when Norris is scrambling to get across so it's a it's an absolutely excellent finish and like Joe said we all go absolutely crazy you know we'd started so well in that first 15 16 17 minutes we were we were fully confident like I said Longo and Morsey dominating things we were playing really really well a fully deserved goal and yeah a bit of luck with the ricochet off Norris but again big game Burns is there in the right place to, to smash it home big game Burns um Joe <laughs> Again, I want to take us back to that post-Bristol Rovers game and um, talking about, can we just add a little bit more League One nuance and source? It's great to see the long throws being incorporated as well. And Have you got anything to add on um, on the goal? And Do you want to take us through the rest of the half? Well, he was just sort of the goal. And again, from, from where I sat, which was near Seb, it looked like just quite a simple finish for Burns when it came back to him. It just looked like the ball came back and he sort of had a relatively open goal to hit and just needed to hit the target. But when you look at the highlights or sort of the replays of it from the other end, it's a really good finish from that side. Really good strike from Broadhead. Good movement. Obviously, there's an idiot that spits at him afterwards. I'm glad that was dealt with relatively quickly. And but, that's the podcast having dealt with that now. We don't need to hear anything yeah, about and from, the um, from the sort of From that point on in the half, and I know they, they did have a couple of chances, which was... Strange because it was probably our most one of our most dominant performances against a big team that I've ever seen. We just 
we just absolutely ran all over them from the whole game. We just don't give them a moment's rest. Morsi and Luongo just they they couldn't they couldn't live with our intensity in in the whole game. They just and it was just all of a sudden you'd get the ball and then it would just be a long ball just knocked forward because they've just given up because they just can't work out how to get through our presses. Everyone's working so hard. We're so fit. We're just going through there. I think that Morsi was a little bit lucky that he didn't get booked till his third foul where <laughs> Nor because Norburn was booked for his very first foul, wasn't he? And it seemed a bit harsh. And then Morsey did sort of got away with a couple and they got booked with his third one. Not f- not five that Darren Ferguson said, but that just allowed us to keep to keep going. And I don't know, you just we, we just look on an absolute different planet to every team we play at the moment, don't we? Um, let's get to half time. And it feels like we have to do our end of season, Seb, um, as things stand. So Plymouth had taken the lead midway through the half and then Cambridge had equalised. At this point, it was, I believe, still nil-nil at halftime over at Sheffield Wednesday. And I believe, did Barnsley not score until the second No, it was half? injury time in the first Inju- half. Yeah. You're correct, Joe. Yeah, injury time in the first half. So um, everything going rather swimmingly, Seb. Do you want to take us um, and killing the game off um, sort of on the hour mark here? Yeah, I mean, we, we we came out and started as well as we had in the in the first half. Really, they didn't really threaten that much. And in, in the previous games at Bolton and Derby, you know, they'd kind of come out and, and and gone right at us. But we just kind of regained control again. And then it's a misplaced pass from I think it was um, um, Cipriano put the ball out and trying to find Ward on the right hand side. Take the throw in quickly. Broadhead, as we know, loves to run. He's he's, he's so direct. He's taking the fullback on and the ball to find Chaplin was just oh, insane. He, you know, it's it's perfectly weighted. He cuts between. I think it's Butler and Edwards uh, or Kent and Edwards. And, you know, Chaplin, as we've seen so many times this season, give him a little bit of space in the area, especially on his left foot, and you're banging trouble. And, yeah, lovely goal, lovely finish through the keeper's legs. And, again, we all go absolutely crazy. And, again, it's it's all we really deserve, you know, apart from the the save from Johnson Clark Harris right on half time, where Walton got down and made a, a big save. You know, they hadn't really threatened that much. And it was, a yeah, a really, really well-deserved goal and a really positive start to the second half and that that assist from Broadhead is insane I've seen so many stills of it today on Twitter and social media where there's just a picture of him as he's about to play the ball and people saying how does he get an assist from this position it was it was crazy Seb can I just come back on that Broadhead assist doing a lot of um, analysis of the championship I came to the conclusion that a player who can pick a through ball is a decent championship player a player that can pick a through ball on the run to assist, tended to be one of the top end championship players. We've seen this guy do this in blooming League One now. Yeah, ph- phenomenal. What what a signing. What a classy player. I think he's got something like, is it six six goals and four assists in his time since he's been here? He's just a, a level above. You know, we, we we signed Harness to play that position in the summer. We upgraded it in, in January. A phenomenal signing. A Brilliant through ball, superb finish by Chaplin. 23, 24 Three. goals now for the for the season in the league. So yeah, absolutely brilliantly well worked goal. And at that point, I think most of us were thinking this was going to be pretty comfortable then because, like I say, the Clark, the Johnson Clark Harris effort aside, they, they hadn't really threatened that much. To be honest, we were in total control. Joe, had the away end got wind of Exeter City's goal at this point? I think I think so. Things things were spreading relatively quickly there, but just nothing could. Nothing could dampen the mood there or bring it up any higher than it was. It was just at this high level the whole game. Like Sheffield Wednesday, we heard they were behind, and but it didn't. It didn't really change anything because we were all absolutely buzzing anyway. If that makes sense, it was just on that mood there. But that, I think that goal just totally summed us up in in regards to ball goes out of play and we straight on the ball, getting there quickly, taking the throw in quickly, not letting them set. And that's 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 how we play. We play it the game at a million miles an hour, but we play it sort of like controlled, but in that total frantic way, but in a controlled way with it. And like I said, we, we must be such a difficult side to play against. I, I, I Like I say, Seb, I've seen the same angles as you, but I haven't seen an angle which showed that through ball as good as being in the away end showed it yeah. from the side we were yeah. at. Agree. That, that angle there, there was just nothing on. And as soon as he played the ball, I sort of grabbed the guy next to me. It's like Chaplin's in. And then obviously it was only up against Will Norris, so it's okay. Beautiful stuff. Now, in my capacity as um, TV director here, I'll inform you of all the other goals because it now does swing in the other games and we're getting into everybody's going to win mode in this afternoon. So Sheffield Wednesday hit the two goals they need to come back against Exeter. Plymouth, like there was really any doubt, got themselves to 3-1 up. And Joe, um, icing on the cake here, 
On comes Freddie Ladapo for 3 0. It was sort of a goal like nothing, wasn't it, as well? A throw into the box that went to Ladapo, worked back out to Danashian, and Burns just sort of loops across in there, and the ball just sort of floats up in the air. Then all of a sudden, that way, just whips this volley over his shoulder. And again, I was on the other side of the stand. I'd imagine those on that right-hand side of the stand had a brilliant view of this one coming coming into them there. And it's great to see Freddie get to 20 goals this season. He's been sort of a, a really good striker for us this season. I think Hurst coming in has really helped him as well. I think that sort of freed him up to do more. And it's, it's very nice. It's the sort of game where you get to celebrate so many times during it because you that's the goal that totally 100% wins the game as well. Plus, you've got the final whistle going at the end after that as well. And I think we just managed the game pretty comfortably from there. The Dapo went across and won three or four throw-ins and we just kept them at arm's length and just got the job done. Tremendous stuff. Um, explain these numbers to me then, uh, Seb, in terms of the game state from what you saw. Because um, when I look at that, and I wasn't at the game, and you'll, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, I think, okay, clinical decisive because it's not it's not dominant in the way some of the home games particularly but obviously the scoreline is dominant the clean sheet is dominant but 54 46 on the possession to uh the posh little little nets on the xg there 0.97 to 0.96 okay 15 shots to 11 in our favor two big chances a piece so if i'm seeing those numbers seb and a three nil scoreline i'm thinking we've played the circumstances beautifully and been very clinical. Is, is that anywhere near it? Yeah, I mean, the, the stats didn't really reflect the dominance. I mean, I was I was surprised by the possession stat. They they came back into it a little bit when it was 2-0 and we kind of bought on Don Ball and Harness came on to just kind of game management and see the game out. So I guess they had a spell of possession there. But but yeah, I mean, the, it, it was so dominant. I was at Bolton, I was at Derby. This was a next level up again in terms of, you know, domination of the ball. And apart from that 15-minute spell, maybe after we went 2-0 up, they didn't really offer much at all. I'm surprised the XG um, was was so close. I guess Walton made a couple of big saves and there's a an Efren Clark one uh, right in the... the, the sort I of think Burns' goal stopped. was fairly low margin as, as well because considering the angle... Yeah, and I guess it comes back to him quickly, doesn't it? Maybe so. Yeah, I guess potentially. But but yeah, I mean, it was a, a, a really dominant performance from start to finish, apart from that, like I say, 10, 15 minutes spell in the second half. Joe, got anything to add to that? No, I, 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 I just thought we were such a good side. But they did, they did have, they did have it create a couple of decent chances. And But Peterborough always have that quality to do that, don't they? They have that sort of, I know he came on at halftime, but like the Pokus, the Mason Clarks, the Clark Harris, they are players that can just get good shots away. Jack Taylor again had a effort that rifle past Walton's post in the sort of in the second half they, they are a side that will score goals and you just got to make sure that you take your chances enough I, I, I thought we'd I thought we had another gear to go up into as well if we needed to if they were to get back into the game right let's get into what else went down in league one and then we'll go to questions and then we'll go to Barnsley we'll try and get there nice and quick um this week so hold fire on your questions I don't want them to get lost in the shuffle um We'll do all of them, but I'll flag the significant ones and then you can give me your, your take, guys. So Barnsley 2, Oxford nil. We do really, and we'll get to this in the Barnsley conversation, do you have to class them? have got 85 points now. We do have to class them really nearly in the same bracket as Plymouth, Sheffield Wednesday and, and ourselves. We can discuss that when we're doing the Barnsley preview. Interesting one there. Tedich, two goals there. Norwood rested. I'm I'm sure Norwood will be back in on Tuesday, but Tedich is threat now, the Man City Loney, uh, Bolton won, Shrewsbury nil. I now make Bolton favourites for fifth and it's more a um, kind of Derby Peterborough uh, conversation for sixth. Bad, bad day for Peterborough. Uh, Charlton two, Morecambe three. Fine, whatever. Uh, Cheltenham three, Forest Green one. Derby one, Burton nil. Again, Derby, uh, good day for them considering Peterborough lost. Fleetwood one, MK nil. Uh, Plymouth three, Cambridge one. Nothing anybody didn't expect, but... Plymouth, so, so close. Although when you do the analysis, guys, and again, we'll talk about this, with the goal difference advantage for us, you're coming up with all the same numbers for Ipswich and all the same permutations as you do for Plymouth because the extra point in terms of the relationship between Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday and us and Sheffield Wednesday then gets evened out by the goal difference, which is uh, rather nice considering they're top and we're not. Uh, Port Vale 2, Bristol Rovers nil. Kind of makes our result. On Tuesday, looked slightly better than it already did. Uh, Pompey won, Accrington nil. Sheffield Wednesday 2, Exeter 1 for a few lovely minutes there. That did look like it might give us a really lovely helping hand going into this week. But uh, there you go. And now, as we all know watching this, 
92, 91, 90. Hell of an effort from the three teams. Um, so um, all, all three of them now are 90 plus points. Uh, Wickham nil. Lincoln two means Wickham can now no longer make the playoffs. Joe, your takeaways. What changed? What didn't? Um, I, I, I personally, I don't. I'm not really looking at Barnsley. I, I know they're a very good side, and we've got to play them. But that because they're so far behind us, I just don't feel there's any real way they can catch catch us without us totally falling apart. That makes sense. Even if they beat us on Wednesday, they're still three points behind us, aren't they? With a with a worse goal difference. So I don't really look at them. It's just I say it's just Sheffield Wednesday and. Again, Plymouth. I'm not, not really. I'm uh, to be, myself personally. I'm just looking at Sheffield Wednesday and just saying we just need to stay ahead of them. And if we stay ahead of Sheffield Wednesday, we're going to get promoted. So if we catch Plymouth, that's a bonus. But I was really looking at their result when they were one 0 down. It was good, one one, not so good. And then obviously when it went to two one, it's like okay, I don't really expect them to go from here. But that, that was that was really my view. Just looking at Sheffield Wednesday and I say you look at them. They're ninety got ninety points with two games of the season left, and you look at the models like five thirty eight and the like, and they've <laughs> got no a less, chance, isn't it? they've got a less than like ten percent chance of getting promoted. And it's like we'd have all if we'd have bitten your hand off to take that at the start of the season, but it doesn't look like it's going. They look like they need to win both their last two games, don't they, to get promoted? And even that probably isn't going to be enough. Insanity, uh, Seb. We we mentioned it on the on the preview show, didn't we? We are now at the point, and Joe's right. It's essentially, now, if you keep the, um, the exact same, what you know, if Sheffield Wednesday lose all their games, we lose all their games. That <laughs> you know, yeah, it might just, be. It's, it's down to that head to head now, isn't it? Just match them, yeah. Just just match what they do, and and they cannot catch us. I I, I expected them both to win yesterday. I thought Plymouth and, and Wednesday would both win. A bit like Joe, I'm not really looking at Plymouth. I think they've done incredibly well, and you know if they go and win the title, fair play to them. All we have to do is make sure that Sheffield Wednesday don't catch us. They're away at Shrewsbury, I think, and we've got Exeter on Saturday, aren't they? Which well, up until a couple of weeks ago, I would say that could be a potential source for them to drop some points. But Shrewsbury have dropped off a cliff. But yeah, all we have to do is is match their results, and we will run out of games, and we will see ourselves across the line. I think we're personally pretty much there already. You know, five points from these three games. I don't think it's going to be an uphill task given what we've done in the preceding 40, 43. I, I'd almost say as well, now, Sheffield, everyone's talked about how tough our running has been this whole time because we've still got to go to Barnsley, still got to go to Peterborough, still got to go to Derby, Bolton, whoever we've just rolled over. But I'd say now, Sheffield Wednesday have got to run a tougher run in than what we have because the Barnsley game is a, is a spare game and the two yeah. games we've got... Shrewsbury away and Derby at home is a tougher than Exeter at home and Fleetwood away. That, Joe, I was going to say exactly the same thing, that once you got past, and that's why I said at the top of the show, if, you know, I don't know the, the Formula One analogy, you have to find the right place on the, the right corner the to, make the, yeah, to make the overtake. This was the slipstream for Wednesday. And once you got past this, if you were either level on points with the goal difference, of course, or, or one point ahead, all of a sudden, game in hand... And then we play home, they play away, we play Exeter, they play Shrewsbury. You know, you flip of a coin in terms of difficulty, but one's at home, one's away, etc. So I agree with I agree with Joe now. You're you're now struggling to find, you know, disadvantages in, in this thing. And it's so key that we were ahead. And I know what you mean, Seb, with the with the term free hit. And I know the chat won't like us won't like us using it. But I guess the point you're making, Seb, is if you lose against Barnsley with the goal difference being what it is, nothing really changes, does it? It doesn't. No, it, yeah, it, it simply means it goes to the uh, the next two. It's, it's it, Yeah, a free hit is, is the term to use. But like you say, if no, nothing can really matter. If, we, if we, they do beat us, they won't catch us, I don't think, given the goal difference and the fact there's still three points with two to come. I mean, it must be such a blow for Wednesday. They must have been looking yesterday, us going to Peterborough, you know, and thinking, right, They've got to surely drop points at some point, and then to come away and see a three-nil win, they must just be so so demoralised after after their game finishes. Well, Joe, we've said how many times we've been sat in the other seat. Well, Bradford smashed the points on, or Man City smashed the points on. Even Dave saying Liverpool winning eight out of eight to close out the eighty-two season, or whatever it was. It's nice nice to be in the seat where you know, they're, they're faltering and we're just not giving a quarter. 11 wins, 11 wins out of 12. Yeah, and it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how Tuesday night goes as well with Barnsley because realistically, if they have any 
chance of automatic promotion. They've got to beat us. So they've got to come out and play against us. But then on the flip side, if we get ahead in this game, and I know Gary's just mentioned it in the questions there, who would they prefer to face in the playoffs? I, I don't think anyone's going to want Ipswich to be in the playoffs with them because we are the toughest team to play against. And almost like if, if Barnsley is sort of 2-0 down, is it a case of you don't want to get back in? You're almost not worried about getting back into the games. You're not going to win it. And you'd almost I rather see us go than Sheffield Wednesday. You, 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 perhaps if you're mic'd up, you perhaps make that call if the game, if the game does get a get away from you, doesn't it? But um, right, guys, we're going to go to um, some questions now. We got there nice and quickly, um, so do get your questions in the chat. I'll do some pluggery while they're coming in. Help me out because um, there's loads of you watching. We're really grateful. Do hit the thumbs up button, but it moves very quickly for me, and I'm trying to keep up. So give us a cue at the front of your questions. Uh, parlay into the Barnsley chat, and we'll go there as soon as we can if i may what am i supposed to plug here uh blue monday merch uh store deal on at the moment uh check all that out through our socials of course we're going to plug our wonderful telegram group which really helps support the podcast here uh, you can get a free trial for that for two weeks again just um tweet one of us and we'll help you out with that but brilliant community over on telegram loads of chat going on the whole time um, and that will just about do us. And we will try and get into the questions. Um, where should we start? Yeah, let's work upwards. Uh, Elliot, what is the Blue Monday choice after winning the next two games for the celebration after exit? Honestly, uh, Seb, I wasn't buying this exit game thing. I wasn't having it at any point. I was like, it's definitely going to the last game. But... It's on if we beat Barnsley now, isn't it? It is, isn't it? And what a way to do it as well. You know, in front of a full 29,000-odd Portman Road would be absolutely fantastic. You know, the, the party in the town afterwards would be phenomenal. Yeah, um, I'm sure we'd all be back at the Greyhound or various pubs throughout throughout the town centre enjoying it. But yeah, win against Barnsley and it is, it is properly on. And yeah, I, I, I think that's how it might play out. And I think that's how it deserves to play out. I'd love McKenna and the board and the owners might come across, I guess, and the squad to savour that moment at Portman Road rather than at Fleetwood. I think it'd be brilliant for them and a really, really great reward for the hard work they've put into the last nine months. Um, I think Joe covered that one, Gary, in terms of the playoff question. So, we'll, uh, in terms of Barnsley, you know, perhaps having, I think, a double Sheffield Wednesday. So, they definitely, they have, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, prefer them to be in there. What we've got here, uh, Rich, uh, with Barnsley coming up, which is Saturday's in, uh, impressive three goals or clean sheet is of more relevance. Um, can I give you a leading nudge on that, Joe? I think it's the three goals because Barnsley are the sort of team who can have not much of the ball and still score, aren't they? Yeah, goals win your games and draws get you nowhere. And not, obviously not at this stage, but you want to win games. And also we are relatively, we're still in contention for a 100-point, 100-goal season. So Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> we need 10 goals and three wins to get to 100 goals, 100 points. It is it's doable. Not that, it's not that out of the we, question, is it? If the way we, we're doing it. I put this out there. If we win on Tuesday... <laughs> If we win on Tuesday, we will get 100 points and 100 goals. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, my God. There you go. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday fans, Plymouth fans, clip that bit out. There you go. <laughs> um, I think I've done that one, haven't I? Uh, Lee, uh, Seb, would there be a place for Bannon in our starting eleven if we were promoted on, on the right deal? He'd fit in the squad, wouldn't he? Yeah, he can be a squad player. He can be back up. I mean, I, I, Morsey is a championship player. Obviously, I know he's the wrong side of 30 now, but they're going to be looking at him for at least another couple of years. Luongo's done fantastically well. Kamara was the one of the best midfielders in the league last year who you think could make the step up. So we take Bannon on a, on a, on a, on a, on a short-term one-year deal and he can be a, a squad player. There you go. Uh, party of Rich is on Saturday night. Absolutely. Uh, Mullet, if we finish second, are we the greatest ever team not to win the league at this level? That is a great point isn't it we could be joe what is the song it's george michael um last christmas again like sold three million copies and never got to number one i well, got to number because one like of last live, year didn't i think because of um or that year oh, mariah carey finally got to number one wasn't it oh okay because like of band-aid so basically we can be like last christmas i agree with him we'll, we'll be the by far the best team not to win this league <laughs> i think whoever comes second will be exactly. the best team not to win this league but we could get 100 points score 100 goals and still come second <laughs> <laughs> will you stop talking about 100 points you've been doing this since paul lambert was the manager joe for goodness sake um, Michael, uh, we'll stick with you, Jay. Would you try and sign Clark Harris? Lots of shots, but not a team player like Erst. 
No, I think there's I think there's better out there. Uh, Dan, Sam Morsi on corners. Was that just to make sure Davis didn't get caught by a posh break, Seb? There was also, yeah, sorry, there got... was also one against Port Vale on Tuesday. We had a free kick down right by the corner flag that Morsi took as well then. So it might not just be a posh thing, just to add that in. Yeah, they've got pace as well, posh, haven't they, with the Mason Clark and Pocky when he came on. So, yeah, potentially. Right. Uh, Nick, we've got it in the bags. Barnes will be a breeze, won't it? We will come to that. Probably not, but there we go. Uh, David. Absolute legend. See you on Saturday. 20 euros on the Super Chat. Thank you so, so much, David. Very, very the Greyhound can, pre-game. You yep. can support uh, via Super Chat and go and buy David a pint. We owe him about a 1,000. Uh, Norman, uh, I know there was a lot of frustration about our squad rotation early in the season, but could it serve us now with players potentially fresh and Barnsley? Well, I, I would say not, Joe, but that'd be a hell of a swerve, wouldn't it, if the team comes out and that will send Mike Duff up the, up the garden path, wouldn't it? Yeah, but our squad looks so unbelievably fit at the moment. The way they keep going and even like someone like Don Ball, for example, he sort of come on and he looked like he'd been finding his feet for the last few weeks, but he came on and just looked bang at it straight away on Saturday. So he seems to have now fully played himself back to 100% fitness and just the way we can keep going all game. Someone like Connor Chaplin, the amount of work he gets through, and he's played he played 90 minutes again on Saturday as opposed to the 60-65. We've really got this. And it was mentioned, I think Chris Rand put a question in there about Ladapo. So, or should we feel sorry it. for him not... I know it's quite a way back about okay. him not playing. And it's like, no, him and Hurst are the striker for the team. Jackson and Burns are the right winger for the team. Broadhead and Harness are the left-sided forwards for the team. And it's all about using that bench. We've used this bench sort of perfectly in the last, well, the last sort of two or three months after that sticky patch across Christmas and January. And this is the point where our podcast has to have the self-awareness to say we are very lucky to have a squad that deep and the money to be able to have two players for these positions. But Joe is absolutely right. But you've still, you've still got to get your recruitment right even when you've got money though, yeah. don't you? It's oh, easy to spend money badly. It's a good, it's a good start though, isn't it, Joe? Always a good start. We, I just want us to get this right because um, I, do you know what? I even had to correct an Ipswich fan on this, trying to trying to argue, oh, no, 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 net spend, blah, 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 net zero. It's like, come on, you know. The wage bill is massive. The we wage, are huge, the wage a hugely be expensive side at million. this level. Yeah, and I, I think we need to show humility and say brilliant stuff going on. We do have a very big wage bill for this well, level. We had, the, we had the accounts out for last season and our wage bill last season was higher than it was when we got into the playoffs and the championship in 14-15. So that is, so there's serious money. There you go. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, right, are you ready for a name drop, guys? You ready to catch this one? Uh, will the club allow pitch invasion if we get promotion against Exit as we get a new pitch? 
I was talking to Leighton Orient manager Richie Wellens about this last night. <laughs> Clang. Um, and I said to him, do you get fined for the pitch invasion? And he said, no, um, because the club funneled the fans into the area in front. Um, the, the referee was in on it. And uh, look out for this against Exeter. Perhaps the number shown on the board might not be the number the players are going to be told, particularly the away player. So keep an eye on the, on the ref. But um, I think... Look, it's going to be different. We Leighton Orient were already promoted and we're playing to be to be champions. But yeah, um, if we it, if we know if it's winning up and we win, there's no way you're keeping the fans off. The you ain't going to stop it. No, yeah, you won't. So in some ways, you're better off um, controlling the inevitable than trying to trying to stop it, aren't you? Um, uh, Seb, is it bad? I have so much faith in McKenna that if you told me to jump off a cliff, I probably would. I I think that's bad, isn't it? He's, he's, you get yeah. You just don't question anything, do you? You know, if we see a a selection and we just think, okay, fine. There's there's clearly a reason for that. You know, if we go in after a player, we think, okay, well, he's clearly got his reasons to do that. It's it, it, the the last eighteen months of coaching and improvement in players has led us to just completely have total faith in him. I love hearing him. I, I love the the recent the dug, dugout cams they've got and seeing his reaction to you know goals and stuff. He's he's letting his emotions go a little bit at the end of games now, but. Overall, he's so calm, collected. I could listen to his press conferences for days on end. He's just absolutely superb. And yeah, like FBL Tractor, I think all of us hang on every word he says and we have absolute total faith in him. And even if he has got something wrong, he'll still come and explain in the press conference why he made that decision. And it's like, yeah. well, you can, you can understand that. It's not, you don't just get fobbed off. And you have total faith that if he does get something wrong and we, we concede a goal, he will learn from it and it, it won't happen again. You know, we, we can't always say that with previous managers we've had. Um, am I coming to the exit again? No, I am working, but I will be fixated by that particular monitor in front of me. Don't you worry about that. Uh, Jason, is the Greyhound open all day and all night after the exit game? No, because you're all off to Richards afterwards. Uh, who has been the better January signing, Broadhead or Luongo? It's a fun debate, but it's Nathan Broadhead, isn't it? However much influence uh, Luongo's had. What, what do you think, Seb? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're looking on the paper, you know, he's, he's younger. He's got more headlines. And from a, from a longer-term strategy point of view, Broadhead and probably Clark are ahead of Luongo. But Luongo's been absolutely phenomenal. The way he's allowed Morsey to change his game and raise his game up a few percentage levels. His, you know, I, I thought he was a bit of a box-ticking signing just to provide some central midfield cover. Because at that point, I think Evans was still fit. And we kind of thought, OK, he'll come off the bench every now and again if we need him. But the way he's come into the team, hit the ground running, I know it took six to eight weeks before he kind of made his debut. But that, that conditioning time and that getting up to speed time looks like it's paying absolute dividends now because he's been absolutely superb. But yeah, Broadhead is the one with the, the numbers and the stats. He does the sexy stuff. Luongo, however, has been absolutely phenomenal. So sexy. Um, right, watch Joe count down from 100 to answer this. <laughs> how, how much does our goal difference increase between now and the end of the season? Um, eight. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable seeds. Um, no, I be, think it, it could be Ted, but I think we'll just concede a couple. I think Joe's already happens. answered the Freddie and Hurst question there. Uh, Paul, uh, Joe, we we've no, we were said, aren't we? Uh, would a fully fit Evans get back into this team? That's a no from me, Seb. I don't think he would. Yeah, no, I think he'd. Well, he, Don Ball even looked brilliant when he came off the bench, like Joe said yesterday. So. Potentially now, if everyone's fit, he's maybe the fourth choice central midfielder. I, I could see potentially, I think I mentioned it on one of the pre-match shows recently or a post-match. I could see him moving on in the summer, you know, going into the last year of his deal. He's proven two years on the bounce. Now he can't necessarily complete, you know, more than 25, 30 games a season. So he might be one that kind of falls by the wayside this summer. I, th I think when you play two in midfield, as we do, those two need to be super mobile and be able to win their physical battles as well as get on the ball. I, I don't think Evans has got quite got that to his game. I think maybe Ball might not be quite as sharp on the ball as Luongo and Morsey, but he can, he can win those battles. And a lot of times you're two against three in there. So it's just a case of making making sure that you, you win those battles, which we've done. Um, guys, if you're doing Barnsley questions, sorry, I am skipping them because uh, we'll get into that, but we do appreciate all of them. Uh, Joe, Colin. Uh, Clark gone off early in the last couple of games recently for Danassian. Do you think we're managing a knock or just managing the game? I think I think managing the game because I, I don't think Clark went off early against Port Vale, but it seems that Clark is there because he offers a lot 
going forwards as as well as as well as defensively, where Danashian is just a better out and out defender. So, for example, yesterday when it's two nil and the game is effectively one, and you, and you just want to try and shut it down to make sure it stays one, you get Danashian in there. But if it if the game like Port Vale the other night was still one one two one, when Danashian came on, he came on for. Was it Nathan Broadhead he came on for, wasn't it? Because Kyle Edwards had just come on. So I think he he's just coming on to help shut the games down where Clark is the, the main man there, effectively. Um, Neil, general question. Do you agree that the five-sub rule gives an unfair advantage to clubs with bigger, more expensive scores? I haven't said that to Um Can I take that, guys? I, I agree that it gives an advantage, but we can't get into people having more money being unfair because it's just rife all the way up and down the football pyramid so yeah of course it's an advantage the better squads can you know utilize those and it, it aggregates as an advantage as it compounds if you know if you know what i mean but yeah i don't i don't think it's unfair because it just just is what it is isn't it um da, 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 da. Uh, John, uh, do you think uh Seb, do you think hurst's on a permanent this summer is doable I think potentially, yeah. I mean, if Leicester come down, they, they'll still have parachute money and Iniacho and Dakar and stuff. So they'll still have strikers in the building. I think he's of an age now, a bit similar to Christian Walter, where he needs to settle down, doesn't he? He's not a, he's not a 20, 21-year-old. He's 24, I think, 25. He needs to settle down and play some football. I think he needs to kind of say to himself, I've got a chance here to be an established kind of number nine, leading the line in a championship side um, that could, yeah, that could, 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 could be an upwardly mobile club. So if, if the deal's there to be done, then it's two, three million quid. I suggest you go and get it done and I think it would be a big sort of thing for him to get in the Leicester side if if they if they if they stay in the Premier League no chance he'll be he'll be sold if they do go down I think they would still have money to go and you know spend elsewhere um we can do a two-word answer on this who's your player of the year and now I'm going to give more than a two-word answer so if Nathan Broadhead had been there all season it would be Nathan Broadhead I did my team of the season thing for League One and made it only one player per club and I did pick Connor Chaplin over Leif Davis. So I'll go for Connor Chaplin. What do you say, Joe? Um, I, I, I think Sam Moore's your Connor Chaplin's going to win it. And I found it hard to pick between the two of them. So I just voted for Luke Wolfenden as a... <laughs> But as a recognition that he's had a really good season and he should get some votes. But I think it, like if, if, if I had a gun to my head, I'd probably say Sam Morsey. Well, because he'd be holding it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we love you, Sammy. Um, Seb, who's your player? I vote for Chaplin. Chaplin for me. If you score 23 league goals, 25, 6, whatever it is in total, I, I think you're the player of the year. So I went Chaplin. Right. Brilliant, brilliant stuff, guys. Um, we're going to talk about Barnsley now. So get your comments in on, on Barnsley as we go. And I, I think we need to start this conversation off, um, you know, with what I was saying um, sort of 10 minutes ago, guys, in respects of... This, they're not much different to Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday. 85 points is a hell of a total. They've got 26 wins, so they've won the same amount of games as ourselves and um, Sheffield Wednesday, just um, a few fewer draws and a few more defeats in there. We'll talk about talk about players, but it's a hell of a home record as well. 13 wins in 14. Um, Mike Duff is this sort of um, very sort of intense. You can eat Everything he says, you can kind of feel the drive about him and his teams very much uh, reflect that. Um, we're not at it. They'll beat us, Seb. They would, yeah. You have to respect them. But the way we're playing at the moment, I don't think we should hold any fear going there at all. You know, it's a, it'll be a noisy crowd. They've got an exemplary home record. They're, it's their last chance saloon, I guess, to try and touch the top two. So they will have to come out and play us. And I think any side that does that, I think we'll deal with relatively comfortably. You know, I, I know it's a, a very difficult game. I'm sure Wednesday fans are hoping we'll drop points there. But in some ways, I think it might be slightly more straightforward than, you know, going to a side that's going to dig deep and look to frustrate us. They will have to come out against us. I remember seeing in the uh, the Wednesday game was on Sky, wasn't it? And I saw a lot of space in behind there, the yeah. two fullbacks. There was a lot of space behind Cadden and, and, and the right fullback. And I just think with our wide players, we could really look to exploit that. All I will say is, I know it won't happen, but please try not to wind Norwood up. I saw where he scored <laughs> against Forest Green and just stood right in front of their fans, just waving at them. And I've got horror images of that. So yeah, please lay off him. But the rest, I, I, I don't think we should, we should fear them given how well we're playing and how we're dominating games. Joe, you don't blame their fans given the run they're on and the fact they've dispatched uh, Plymouth and they've dispatched Derby and Sheffield Wednesday. So beating all of them at 
Oakwell, probably, I've checked my timeline while you're talking, probably since February, I, I reckon. You wouldn't blame their fans for being uh, confident. Does this one, is this one going to look more like a game against Derby, uh, given the way they play, than, say, a game against Peterborough? Yeah, well, I am. Um... So you look at the stats and the team strengths and a lot of models who put Barnes is probably the second strongest team in the league at the moment and by quite a distance ahead of Sheffield Wednesday, Plymouth, those those below there. So it's going to be an incredibly tough game. I think them needing to win helps us. But you know how the game's going to be. They're going to press the life out of us. And if we can play through that high press, we'll win. But if we can't, we'll, we'll be in trouble. But so I don't want to sort of tempt fate. But how many times have we actually been caught out playing out from the back this season. When, when we look like we're going to get caught out, we start mixing it up a lot more. And I'm, I'd imagine it might be a game where we go we go long a bit more than we normally would. But as long as we can deal with their high press, which is easier said than done because they're obviously incredibly good at it. And that's been built through their club from when Ishmael was at the club all the way through till now. The sort of coach, the owners have looked for managers that can play that style of football. And Mike Duff has done it brilliantly this season. But it's just a case of... I don't think there'll be no one's going to be relishing playing us that way. They're not going to be thinking, "Oh, we're unbeatable at home." At Ipswich come like for me, Barnsley won nine in the club. I think a long came Ipswich has a very different meaning these days. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I just want to bring this up, Seb, to Joe's point. So this is the uh, Soccer Stats website, and I've got goal timings, and you will see with regard to sorry, I'm a bit bigger Barnsley. with regard Early to Barnsley's. Goals high press and the way they're going to start the game can you see there in that left column nobody and this is by miles have scored 17 goals in the first 15 minutes of game oh I beg your pardon see Sheffield Wednesday down there have also got 17 but you can see the very very um, clear evidence of what Joe is uh, talking about and it's not subtle Seb it's Devante Cole and James Norwood literally just running as hard and as high on the centre-backs. The two wing-backs, it looks like it might be Larkesh instead of uh, Cadden, which might not be bad um, news. And two of the midfielders um, get right on and the lad Connell, who can play, sits a bit further back because that's where the the space is. But the threat is obvious, and I totally agree with Joe. Just go back to front a bit for the first 15 minutes, right? Yeah, if, if that's what they need to do, that's what they need to do. You know, if you can look to frustrate them, if they're used to blowing teams away, then like you say, go longer an occasion. We've got Hurst who can hold the ball up so well and look to bring others into play. Maybe utilise that a little bit, ride out the early storm, which will inevitably be coming. And then, you know, we would hope our greater fitness levels, our own press and the way we can get players in behind in the wide positions should hopefully bear some fruit for us. Um, I'll just bring this one up from Kev. We do have a good record against Barnsley, don't we? I don't don't think we've lost to Barnsley. Go on, Kev. Uh, since 2010, uh, we last won there the last time we played them in August 2017. I, I think I was at that game. Didn't Jonas Knudsen smash the ball into the sky and Dave McGoldrick pull it down? And in fact, I think we were really bad in that game. And that was a Martin Waghorn, Joe Garner, Dave McGoldrick special. And we had... Oh, a double, sort of a quick double. Quick bang, yeah. bang. Yeah. It's it almost like, like his debut, wasn't his it? His debut, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, did he feed Garner through or the other the other way around, possibly? And you're like, okay, we've got some got some goal scorers this season. Um, let's just have a look at this uh, Barnsley personnel. So, um, Eisted or Eisted, I don't know the pronunciation. He's on loan from Luton, doing very nicely. Uh, Bobby Thomas um, has really improved them at the back. He was on loan at Bristol Rovers, I believe, earlier in the season. Have I got that correct? Is he, is he Burnley, Joe Thomas? Someone correct me in the I don't know. in the chat. Uh, Mads Anderson is. Really good. He's one I thought, along with uh, Callum Styles and Callum Britton, that would actually be sold and wouldn't play in League One. So I'm Except actually surprised. for it. Yeah, very much so. I'm actually surprised he's still there. But like Seb says, he's going to be stood on the halfway line with 20 metres of space behind him. And um, yeah, not not necessarily as quick a runner as, say, a Wes Burns or a Connor Chapman. Uh, Liam Kitchen, we don't expect it will be Larkesh. We expect it will be Cadden, but I'm not sure on the fitness there. Williams down the other side. Uh, Kane and Phillips are pressers, aren't they? Connell is the best ball player in the team. And we don't think it will be Cole and Tedich. We think it will be Cole and Norwood. How's that going to work out, Seb? Yeah, I'd imagine he'll come back. I know Tedich got two goals yesterday. He's very highly rated on loan from Man City, isn't he? But surely Norwood will come back. And he played the last, was it 15 minutes yesterday? He'll be bang up for it, obviously. We all know what he'll be doing. We all know the dark arts and the tricks that he'll pull out. So I fully expect him to come back in alongside Cole up front. 
and we've just got to manage him. You know, we, we know what he'll do. We know the little tricks he'll try and pull and he'll be in the referee's ear all the time. And both as players and as fans, we've just got to try and not to rise for it because he will thrive on it. And if you saw his goal when he scored against Forest Green a couple of weeks ago and promptly stood in front of their fans like this, just waving at them, he will relish an opportunity to do that against us. So if we can, hopefully it'll be like the game at Portman. I think he was booked for diving and did very, very little, didn't he? With pressing teams, Joe, it's all about just controlling their momentum, isn't it? Yeah, and you know you're going to have to see off their spells because you can't press with the intensity they do for 90 minutes. They're going to have 10, 15-minute spells when they're going to up it, where their tr- triggers are going to change. And it's just a case of making sure you're aware of that, not just going over the press, just allowing them to use their energy up j- doing it without getting yourself caught. So drawing them in like the way like Wolfie does at the back, holding on to the ball a bit longer than maybe some fans would like, letting them and just using, using up their press, isn't it? Using up their energy. Well, let me just talk to you about that, Joe, because um, one would assume that uh, Barnsley will be kicking towards the 5,000, we think, Ipswich fans in the first half. There is going to be periods of Ipswich trying to play out from that end in front of that um, stand full of fans whilst Barnsley are thinking, right, we're strongest here, we're fittest here, we're trying to win the ball back here. That's that's going to be uh, quite high anxiety levels, isn't it, in the away end for, for some periods there. Just yes. a warning. Hopefully hopefully the fan base will be as it was on Saturday and ride that out. Yeah, 100%. Um, Seb, what does this, what does this look like? Um, if Ipswich are going to go to Barnsley and get this just absolutely seismic win that pretty much then makes it a one-game season, beat Exeter for promotion. What does a victory at Barnsley look like? How do they how do they get it? They'll have to ride the early storm, like we've just said, and then hope that our midfield domination, you know, you're going to need Morsey and Luongo to really dominate that central midfield and then utilise those wide players. If there is space in behind Williams and Cadden, if he's playing, then Burns and Davis need to be right at it. And obviously the likes of... Broadhead, if they can run and be direct at the three centre-backs, then, you know, that's what we're going to have to do. We, we know how we'll play. We've, we've done it for 43 games now. You know, we'll, we'll press with our inter- intelligence and, inter- and and kind of, you know, look to really take the game to them. We might have to ride out a little bit if they, fight, if they start quickly. But the longer it goes on, at, you know, and they haven't kind of scored, then we'll settle down a little bit. And all we need is we've seen we can score all different kinds of goals now. You know, we're a threat from set pieces. We're now a threat from long throws. We can hit sides on the break. You know, we can go down the right and Burns can get an assist or Davis can get an assist on the left. We've got so many different variations of goal in our side that even if it's, you know, not going that well in the first half, don't worry. Let's keep the, the 5,000 fans behind the team. And I think we'll get a positive result. I'm not entirely sure we'll win, but I think we'll get a positive result there. I think I think you need two goals to beat Barnsley at Oakwell, don't you, Joe? Not necessarily. The way how many got we conceded what two goals in twelve games? Yeah, they, they score a lot of goals, but if you can get your noses in front, then you really you're sort of really going to be able to see that game out. I think if if you can get your noses in front, you just got just got to make sure you don't make mistakes early doors and try and try and get those centre backs those wide centre backs dragged into the wide areas where they've got to go one on one with the likes of Wes Burns and Nathan Broadhead because no no wide defender's gonna enjoy that. Let's look at these scenarios then. So um we've referenced the sort of Seb's um wording that he saw on, on Twitter about the free the free hit type scenario. If it is a defeat and if we also take a bit of what Joe said and just ignore Plymouth for now, they play Bristol Rovers on the same night they're going to do what they're going to do and if they win there's nothing we can do about it because we can't go past them anyway um but uh yeah maybe maybe draw would be a lovely result for us there so um if we lose uh not much changes you still need to you know score points in the in the next uh, couple of games probably six of them uh, well, two, by... two wins isn't it two wins does it well two wins yeah. does it which is which is why the but we get to this point now, guys, where there's not actually that much difference between a defeat and a draw in terms of implications. A win moves the needle massively, doesn't it? Because then you're up if you win at the weekend. Whereas whether you lose or whether you draw, it's still probably going to go to the last game unless Sheffield Wednesday slip up at Shrewsbury. How are you kind of seeing the the permutations, Seb? Yeah, I mean... I... 
for, for some reason, I've had it in my mind for ages that it's going to be Exeter at home. That's going to be the game. But that involves us winning on Tuesday night. I think if we win the title, we'll all be delighted. But I think, like you say, we don't focus on Plymouth. Let them do them. They've still got you know two of their final three games at home park with this incredible record. So let them go and do them. And all we have to do is match the Wednesday result. If we can get a point on Tuesday night, and then after we beat Exeter, then we only need a point, don't we, given the goal difference. We only need a point at Fleetwood. But I fully expect us to beat Exeter and Fleetwood. I, I just can't see a world where we don't do that, given the, the form that we're in and how well we're playing at the moment. So anything on, on, on Tuesday night is a bonus. If we can go there and win, fantastic. If we draw, okay, great. With a point further. If we lose, nothing's changed. Focus on the Exeter game. What psychology do you think Kieran McKenna will use, Joe? Is he going to be... Because there's two ways of looking at this. There's, look, you've got another go at this at, at, at the weekend and there's the, there's the play it down psychology. There's also the, look, guys, if you, if you win tonight, you, you're, pretty much, you're pretty much there and you've just got to find one win from the last two games. I, I don't think Which the psychology think is any it? different. I, I think it's just we go out there and we set up and we try and win the game like we have done for the last 10. I, I don't think there's any... I don't think it'll be being over four or over worried about. It's just go out there and win. And it's, as long as you keep going out there and winning, you'll get to where you need to get to. And I, th- I think that's all it's going to be. I don't think there's going to be, oh, a point here, we'll do this. Because you just you just can't risk playing those sort of games. We, we, we don't need to either. We don't need to risk playing those games. We don't need to look at the fixtures. We're in the driving seat here. So we just need to make sure we just keep doing what we're trying to do. Yeah, 100%. Um, guys, if you want to throw in any more questions, um, we'll probably go another five or six minutes. Um, <laughs> we're going to do we're gonna do predictions here, um, Seb. Um, are we all going, by the way? Have you got a ticket? Yeah. 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 I think I'm part of the 5,000. Rich, I think. I think Rich is the only Blue Monday member not going, I think, isn't he? Yeah, he's got work. He's got yeah. travel for work the next morning, hasn't I, he? Is Craig yeah. going? Yeah, I think Craig's going. Craig's I think mentioned. there's going to be a live show straight after the game. Rich has mentioned as well. Oh, so cool. It'll be a live um, show after the game. So throw your throw your predictions um, in uh, via the via the chat. Um, I mean, look, Seb, I um, kept my powder dry and assumed a draw against um, against Peterborough. Um, so I might I might go down that route again. But Parsley never draw, do they? And there's no there's no benefit to either side drawing this game in any way, shape, or form, is there? No, both sides need to win to get there, you know, to get where they want to go. I think when we did our Blue Monday predictions, I think I actually predicted a loss yesterday and a draw against Barnsley. So I'll stick with the draw. I'll go for a, a two-all, which two sides that tend to kind of, you know, score goals. So I'll go for a, a two-all draw and a point closer to the promised land. Well, I, I think you, I predicted think, a win for both games as well as every <laughs> other game. So I predicted nine wins. And so far, we've got five out of six right. Oh, there you go. Um Look, if if before the weekend, well, let me let me put this to you. You'd have said four points from the two games. We'd have all been happy with four, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. People people were saying that to me in the pub beforehand, and the only thing that I was saying was that I would take four from these two games, but I wouldn't want to draw today, knowing that we then got to go to Barnsley to, get, to win the free to get it. But yeah, in the sort of McCarthyisms of the time, I, if we were offered a point now, I wouldn't even bother getting on the bus. But Let's have a look, see if there's any more questions in here. What's the prize for winning the Blue Monday FPL League? Um, Louis, you get invited to the party at Richards on uh, on Saturday. Uh, get any more questions in, throw them in, guys, and we'll do them to uh, finish up the show. Because we've been so expedient in getting through. I'll throw a couple more uh, predictions up here. Uh, Chris, remember Darren Bent scoring for Derby in last game of season to do us favour. Uh, did see to do the same. I mean, this is if it I is... I think Darren Bent actually missed a penalty for Derby when we oh, were did he? competing yeah, he did. with them. Yeah. He didn't score a favour. He missed a penalty and yeah. his current employer missed out in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, Whilst we were losing at Blackburn, weren't we? Yeah, you're right. But, I mean, Joe's right in respects of that uh, Sheffield Wednesday run that if you are Sheffield Wednesday you've got to go to Shrewsbury and win and we've got to slip up and then you've got Derby on the last day of the season and again uh, we've got to we've got to slip up as well so uh, we will see but yeah we should I suppose give McGoldrick a shout out 21 21 goals age 35 in a new contract um, coming in uh, Elliot uh, what's your favourite town song musically Ben um, anything with a melody Elliot Edward Ebenezer Jeremiah Brown 
Uh, probably we'll go with that one. Um, uh, Zorua, what minute will Morsi get a yellow for two footing Norwood? Um, should we go over under on 87, Seb? <laughs> yeah, it's a good show. Yeah. Uh, ITFC. Um, do you think we can beat, let's leave some words out here, Norwich City next season because they don't have any money no more and funny enough, Pookie is retiring. Most people looking forward to this. Um, uh, Norwich looking very, very transitional. You almost prefer to play them now than in um, August, wouldn't you, Joe? Yeah, it, it's funny that they've had one bad season in like 15 and their fans are acting as though like it's the biggest injustice in the whole of football history that they have to have a season where they miss out in the playoffs by a few points. <laughs> like ho- hopefully this is just the start of things turning to absolute shit for them. <laughs> so unnecessary. <laughs> uh Chris, uh, would we really be eighth in the championship on form as well? Well, Chris, it's not uh, the championship playoff race stinks at the moment. Swansea um, who did, uh, in fact, beat Norwich at the weekend, Seb, were 17 or 18 points off the playoffs a month ago. They're now three points off the playoffs, um, but just because it just has not moved at all. So um, a good League One side with half of the championship on the beach probably would be about eighth. Um, well, eighth you look, at, now, look at Sunderland, where are they sort of they're, yeah, they're in the they top won. 10 now, aren't they? And we're we're a lot better than Sunderland were last year, yeah. a hell of a lot better. And yeah, they've recruited some decent players, but with the backing we've got behind us, you'd expect us to get a couple of top Premier League loan players in and some real quality to add to us. But the way the way we play is built for the championship. And if we go up, I've got I think we'd be looking up, not down if we went up. Yeah. Interesting. Uh Rich, has McKenna learned to outfox Duff? who's had our number for a while? Does it does it kind of Seb in these low margin games? Is that is that the kind of the way it is? Because um, I, I would say, obviously, budget, and we've mentioned that, and player for player, I think I think we're over them um, in both of those um, regards. Duff has got more experience and probably more nous than McKenna. Maybe McKenna's yeah. got a potentially higher... I'm talking right now, yeah. um, just in terms of having managed for, for much, much longer before everyone shouts at me for not saying uh, Kieran McKenna's the greatest manager that's ever stood on the touchline but um is it almost a bit of a head-to-head with the, with the coaches or can our perhaps um greater money squad win the day and that, that doesn't actually become an issue well yeah i think i think if you look on paper we've got the better squad and the better players but i, I think we've got the better manager as well and what i love is the fact that i think we have full confidence mckenna's now faced him twice this is his third time against him there was a frustrating nil nil on a Tuesday night, sort of February time in his first season, a couple of months after he got the job, the game at Portman Road where, you know, intents and purposes, we were 3-1 up and, you know, the ref makes that ridiculous decision. So he kind of found him out then and had it been, but for a but really But he'd only poor... just gone in at Barnsley at that point, hadn't he? So it's a True, bit yeah, of a... big, big overhaul, I guess. team at that point, was it? Yeah, big overhaul in the transfer window as well. So I think McKenna learns from things. So I'd have absolute faith that McKenna has kind of studied things and I would have more than enough faith he'd, he'd learn how to outfox him, to quote Rich. He's a good, good manager, Duff, isn't he, Joe? Yeah, really good manager. The, like the job he's done at Barnsley this year is unbelievable. Really, from when when you look at us and Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday, that they've sort of outpointed us almost since sort of November. A, Joe, long, well, a long period my, of time. My, under, my understanding with Barnsley as well is uh, he doesn't choose the players. It's very, no. very much a, a committee, like you say, picking to a to a structure. So he's basically given given yeah. players and you know make go, go win promotion out of this bunch of players right yeah and I, and I think whoever whoever wins tomorrow night whether it's Kieran McKenna or Mike Duff I don't think it'll be because they've outfoxed or outmanaged each other I think it'll be that they've both set up game plans and one of them's maybe had a little bit more luck than the other one on the night they've the breaks have fallen in their favour I, I don't think it's a case that we're going to go there and make him look a mug or he's going to do something that Kieran McKenna can't react to it's just going to be a game of football between two very good sides and and you might edge one team might edge it or one team might be better but it's it's not going to be a a tonking and embarrassment to either of them I can't imagine in any way um right let's say a big thank you to everybody let's put this one up uh, let's go up first worry about next season once we have a <laughs> Is that next season in the championship? Oh, for goodness sake, you've ruined it. You've ruined the bit of realism there. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you for everybody listening after the fact. If you are here in the chat before you go, do just hit the thumbs 
up button. We really, really appreciate your support. Thank you for the super chats coming to join us over on Telegram. Um, any last words before Barnsley, Seb? No, look forward to seeing everyone at Oakwell. Uh, Joe? Well, I really hope that if there is a winner scored by an Ipswich player, it's Connor Chaplin tomorrow, because I think he felt he was very badly treated by Barnsley when he was there. So I think he would be looking to go and prove a point there. And to catch Johnson Clark Harrison, the goal scoring race would be great. Narrative ahoy, onward to Barnsley, where a win would put Ipswich this close to a return to the championship. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Listen, this has been the Blue Monday podcast. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.